Am I Reister or am I wrong? With my main man, as usual, Ralph Amsden. And Ralph got sucked into Facebook Marketplace. It chewed him up and it spit him out. Uh, Tiger Woods car accident. Has it taught us anything about how we cover athletes and how we view celebrities? Devin Booker was not snubbed from the all-star team. Like, stop the crying. Stop it. Who the hell would you throw out for him anyway? Even though he's a fabulous player. Um, The theme for CPAC. If you don't know what CPAC is, it's the Conservative Political Action Conference. Trump is speaking there. Sounds like a disaster, but the theme is America uncanceled, but then they've gone and canceled somebody. Hmm, go figure. Um, the best of social media here on <laughs> Reister or Wrong, where this is the intersection where sports, business, society, and pop culture meet the truth. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, fire. Facts only here. Check your feelings at the door. Uh, make sure, because no BS is allowed, we keep it 100 all the time. You can shoot us an email. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com. And make sure that you subscribe, tell a friend, uh, share it, all those things. You can listen to us as well on the Pac-12 Apostles podcast. Me on Mad Dog Sports Radio, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. And Fox Sports Radio on Sundays, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific. So, Ralph, you are moving you are moving from the great state of Arizona, the chaos, the, the melting pot that is Arizona, where everybody is moving to. So, um, yeah. So how, how's that going for you, buddy? So let, let's get into this because you you actually broke the news on this podcast before I even had a chance to tell some of my own family that that we were selling our house and, and moving and everything. So uh, that, that, that was pretty fun. Um, but yeah, so we're in the process. Uh, we sold our house. It happened real quick. Like this market's crazy. Some lady from Illinois was just like, "I'll take it." First person that it got showed to, um, and and definitely paid us more than um, than I would have paid for this house for sure. Don't and, say uh, that. I know you're not supposed to say stuff. Like it hasn't that, it, closed. Yeah, I don't think she watches this show. But in case she does, you're getting a lovely home filled with love and. Uh, a really nice backyard. It's got it's got a nice backyard. I I thank you for your money. Um, I guess <laughs> I don't know what else to say. <laughs> I would not have paid that much for for this house. <laughs> I, I understand Aaron is the- going to come in throwing things oh at you my right now. Gosh, I understand. I understand the way the market works, and I understand that like what I understand is that this money that people are paying for houses doesn't really mean anything to them because it's not necessarily money that they have. It's equity that they built up that they transfer from the sale of another home. It's not even money that they ever even had in their account. So it's not necessarily money that they're going to miss. Um, and people are just driving prices up, uh, especially people from California, Illinois, uh, other places where they've, they've built up equity and they're able to move to these places um, that where, where the, the prices are a little bit cheaper. And they just throw that equity into all cash offers for these homes. Uh, and it makes people who are just looking for somewhere to live um, struggle a little bit because they're competing against these people who have built up equity in their in their houses, especially especially Californians. Californians are taking over my whole town out here. Um, 
but so you were in the process of, 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 of getting moved out. And I had just had my very first experience with Facebook marketplace. Cause we're trying, we're, we're not just, we, we don't know where we're going yet. So as it stands right now, we're selling everything we own to kind of hit the road and live life on the road a little bit. Dude. So you're going to be like that family. Um, I forget that movie. I saw it was super good. Captain, captain something where the dad, uh, they they live in the forest. He has the kids reading stuff. They're playing with knives, and do you know what I'm talking about? Captain Kilgore, Captain. Um, what the hell's the name of that movie? I, well, here's what I know. Like, I think in order to do stuff like that, you have to be good at those things yourself. Probably, you have to probably be a little more adventurous than I am. You have to be probably a little bit more outdoorsy than I am. Not that I'm not, but I can't carve my own arrows from reeds and make a fire with flint or anything like that. So oh, it's captain fantastic. That's what it is. Yeah. So I, he, here's the deal. Uh, most people are in month 11 of some type of extra caution uh, or some type of uh, quarantine of some kind. We're like in year five because my daughter had some health issues and we were advised to, you know, keep her out of school, keep her uh, distance from most most other kids to, to make sure that her immune system was all set by the time she's five years old. She just turned five. And so we're probably going to go out and see the country and do some of the things that we missed out on the last few years. Um, and I'm really, really excited about that. I think my wife's a little bit more nervous of not having like a house bought where we can land when, when it's all over. But all my kids, are, and hopefully the, the world's in a place where kids can go back to school, but all my kids are going to go back to school in September. My older two have been homeschooled for the last three years. My youngest son's been homeschooled for the last year. My daughter's been home the whole time. So I'm looking forward to them all going back to school in September, wherever we end up. But in the interim, we're never going to have this time back as a family. So we're going to travel a little bit. But in order to travel, we got to get rid of a lot of our stuff. Yep. And so that's where Facebook Marketplace comes in. And I wish that I knew what I was doing before I dipped a toe in that pool. So if for, I just learned too, like I was this year, years old when I learned about Facebook buy, sell trade groups, like all of these things that there's like an ecosystem. Like there are communities, real ingrained communities in Facebook. I knew it existed, but these people are very protective of them. Like they're like Reddit subgroups. Like, Oh yeah. Great comparison. Like they are people who are like, no, we will kick you out if you do not belong. This is our community. We have rules around it. And when you come in, so the first time I got on Reddit, I was posting articles from Unafraid Show. I actually got banned from a couple of subreddits. I didn't understand the rules. Like, you know, and people get pissed off at you. And you're like, what did I do? Like, it's looked like that this is the way you were supposed to use it. But tell about your experience with Facebook Marketplace, Ralph. How it chewed you up and spit you out. Oof, I'm, I'm in the process of getting chewed up right now. So um, you're absolutely right, though. Facebook groups, I think, I think you probably noticed like about a year and a half ago, Facebook realized that groups were their future and they started to buy television ads telling people, get on Facebook, even if you've given up on us, get back on Facebook because groups are where you can really find your community. And I think that happened organically. And then Facebook tried to turn around and say, hey, this is the best thing about us. Forget that we sold um, – advertisements to, to to people who wanted to disrupt elections forget that we um, <laughs> forget that we inflated the actual numbers of people who were consuming your advertisements and contents and so a bunch of people went out and fired um 
fired staffers to pivot to video within sports media and regular media. You know, forget all these things that we've done that are a little bit iffy. Uh, Facebook groups are really where it's at. And so, you know, I've seen my Facebook usage drop quite a bit. My wife left Facebook altogether. Got a bunch of friends who left Facebook altogether. But the one place that I still go back to is I'm a member of a few different groups. Um, And I run a couple of pages, like media pages and stuff like that. But the groups are really nice because there's where I live, like there's traffic updates. There's a traffic update group um, that's really, really nice. Uh, There's one that – that just kind of gets the community news out there and everything. There's, I'm sure I'm involved in some type of Josh Allen fan group of some kind. <laughs> of course you are. Um, You're probably the president. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but I, I, I've seen that there's a lot of these buy and sell groups. And I am part of a gardening group. I'm part of a gardening group um, that this is partially your fault. You got me uh, even more interested than I already was in this stuff. And then I, I, I have like, probably growing 500 different plants in my backyard. I posted in the gardening group, Hey, I'm moving. I would love for someone to come take some of these plants, take care of them. And in one day I gave away or sold um, like 300 different plants. And I was like, man, that was really awesome. And one of the people in the gardening group said, Hey, if you want to sell your stuff, you should put it in the Maricopa where I live, the Maricopa buy, sell trade marketplace. Yeah. And I was like, cool. So I'll do that. So morning one, which was yesterday, I put like five things in there, all as individual posts, and I just want them out of my house. I'm not trying to make money. I'm just trying to get like a, a little bit of scratch and to get this stuff out of my house, to get the process going because we got to be out by March 31st. I underpriced everything. I put metal bar stools on there, kitchen chairs, stuff like that for like five bucks each. Stuff that cost 50 that was still brand new looking. Every Why single did you thing- price it so cheap? To like, get it out of the house. Yeah, but like, isn't there a point where like you you have to cut out the riffraff with the with the price? Like, so if you put it on there for fifteen bucks, less people are going to be interested in it than it's if five bucks. So you caused yourself this this headache. Go on. You're you were right, and this will open up a whole another can of worms about how I don't understand money, and you and I have that conversation off air. <laughs> All the time. And, and so I get, I get it. I get it. I don't know what I'm doing. It's very obvious. <laughs> um, and so I put all this stuff on there and I put it on simultaneously. Everything I listed got 50 messages immediately. And the messages all say, like, it's an auto response. Hey, is this still available? So, I mean, I could show you, I could scroll through my phone. It is hundreds of messages just from yesterday morning. Hey, is this still available? And I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules. So some people comment on the actual post on Facebook and they say, I am interested. And then the people under them post next. So I'm assuming that they feel like there's some type of order to this. Queue that like they're in a queue, like, like it's like, like you're at a basketball uh, court and you're like, I got next. All right. I got after that. Yeah. No. And what I initially interpreted it as was, like next, I don't want to see your shit. Like that's what I like. <laughs> you, know, you know, like bye boy next. Like that's what yeah. I thought these women were. They're like next, like yeah. I thought they were just straight, like being aggressive and typing it out. And I was like, well, I'm not selling it to you. And uh, <laughs> but those, so those are just the people who comment. Most everybody else sends DMs, and because I'd never been on Facebook Marketplace before. It filtered probably 75% of them into my spam folder. 
So I'm having to get into my spam folder and then I'm finding stuff that people sent me years ago that I never even knew was there. Yeah, I didn't even know. I just found out about the spam folder like last year sometime. And I was like, damn, I have a lot of messages in here, buddy. There's like business opportunities in yep. that stuff. Like, oh man. And so, and so like I'm I'm in the middle of panicking because people are like, where do you live? I can come pick it up right now. Some other people are like, do you take Facebook pay? I'll send you the money so that you can hold it for me and I'll pick it up later. And I was like, I don't have Facebook pay. And they're like, how could you jump how on could here you without not having Facebook yes. pay? <laughs> Holy hell. So like then people are upset at me because I'm interrupting the flow that they're used to um, of this like buy, sell trade. And then people are like, so I put Ikea carts, the three shelf wheeled carts on there. They sell for 30 bucks a pop at Ikea. Ikea runs out of them all the time. I had three of them for all the homeschool supplies and stuff. I put them on for 10 bucks each. My phone died. My phone died immediately because, and I had people saying, you can't, like I had, I had a woman come on here and say, you can't do this. You can't put, (laughs) you can't put, because it makes people feel like it's a scam of some kind or that you're an idiot. And I was like, I'm just trying to get this stuff out. I put uh, one of those Ikea, sh- like, two-by-two two shelves. Yeah. Uh, a gray one. It was probably, like, know, 65 bucks at Ikea. Um, and it was new. We didn't really use it for anything. And I put it on there for $10. And it was pandemonium. Okay, here's the thing about Ikea, though, is that people are happy to buy Ikea furniture that's put together already. <laughs> so that makes it... A premium. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, I don't buy IKEA furniture. I do not. Except for occasionally the uh, wife tries to sneak some in and she she's like, George, will you put this together? I'm like, no, I told you not to buy no IKEA furniture. So if she buys IKEA furniture, we have to then pay a handyman to put it together because I'm not doing it. Like I am I am not, I refuse to put together IKEA furniture. Because I got, I, yeah, I'm gonna have I to them. buy it again in a couple years anyway. No, why wouldn't I just buy a good piece of furniture? I don't know, man. Your youngest son might might have you buying some IKEA. He you get you get him put sinking his teeth into some mahogany furniture, and it's gonna make you not want to have nice things. No, that's they, what my kids do. They, There's jelly on everything I own. <laughs> Dude. So we have this big, nice, dope-ass wood table, which which you'll see when you come out, right? And you'll see there's a couple little etchings in the table from the kids, like, treating it like it's, like, you know, a tree outside, you know? And, dude, that doesn't go over well in the house. But my wife has gotten used to it now where she's like, I, I give up on some level. Like, I give up. So, yeah. So now what is your plan for Facebook Marketplace now that you have been battered and bruised by old ladies who have scolded you and beaten you, whipped you? I don't know if I have time to figure this out the right way, because I think the best thing to do would be to, like, watch and see how things are posted and probably be a consumer. Right. To to actually participate in the consumption of these items to see how it works. Um, I put a brand new six foot ladder on there yesterday for $10 and that had two people fighting in my mentions. Wait, how are they fight? I don't understand. How are they fighting over something that you're selling and then mad at you for the price that you're selling your stuff for? It's your stuff. No, because like someone will get mad at me for what I did, which I guess is understandable. 
um, for like, Wait, why ign- is it understandable if it's your stuff? Right. But so I'm like, I'm ignoring the comments on the actual Facebook and then answering the, the D the DMS. And so, okay. So in the case of the latter, I didn't realize. So somebody was like, Hey, I can come pick this up at two. And they were the first person, right? They were the and first person. And you sold it to somebody else? I sold it to somebody who could pay me immediately. Okay. And, well, and that's I fair. It, and, I, and I sold it to somebody who, who said, okay, they said, I could be there in the next 30 minutes. Oh, so, well, sorry. Right. And then this, but this other person said, I don't have Facebook pay, but I'll pick it up at two. And he was the first person to respond. And I said, I have somebody who said they're going to pick it up in 30 minutes. And he said, that's what the pending status is for. Don't you know what you're doing? And I just had to write back. No, I don't. (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know that pending was a thing. And then I also didn't know that the, the buyer can mark something sold from their end. And so with the, so like with the bar stools, I listed probably 20 chairs instead of just one set of chairs in one post. And so the buyer who bought the metal chairs marked it as sold. And then so all of a sudden, I just quit getting any offers on any of the rest. So then I went into the comments and I was like, hey, are, is anybody still interested in this? I see that a lot of you posted that you're interested. And they're like, well, you marked this as sold. And I was like, I did not. And so I just, it, <laughs> you, you t- like Aaron, I was like sweating, staring at my phone and sweating. And then I had several people come over to buy things. And when they got there, they're like, oh, I didn't read the post. Um, this is much bigger. Some of the pots uh, that I had, they're like, this is much bigger. I can't put this in my car. And I was like, well, you're already here. You already gave me your money. So let me load it into your car. Let me follow you out to your house. Let me unload it. Oh, hell so, no. So now you got to be the delivery person too? Twice last night. Twice last night. And one, what you, and then did they pay you extra? One old lady used to run a company where she made, uh, it was called like, mythical moments and she made like princess dresses for little girls and she gave me one uh to give my daughter (laughs) as help for lifting like 70 pound pots out of the back of her car right you're a Uh, nice guy around (laughs) the other thing that would happen so there's two other things that would happen one is people would get to my house and they would look and see all the stuff's been moved into the garage and they'd be like what else you got and i'm like i do not have time for this right now (laughs) Aaron sold this turquoise KitchenAid mixer that she probably could have got like 150 bucks for just in the moment to a lady that the lady that I ended up getting that dress from for, for another $40 right there in, in the moment. And so th- it's not like my wife to eat the cost on, on, on something, but she was just trying to get stuff out of the house as well. And then the other thing that kept happening is I haven't seen a lot of people face to face in the last year. Yeah. I had probably with every single person that came to my house, I struck up a 20 minute conversation. I told them my life story. I asked them their life story. I told them everything that the item was ever used for. And I couldn't stop myself. I could not stop Why myself. Why could from you having not like let them leave? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dude, you you asked, you literally invited this. See, you do this to yourself when you get into Twitter fights. You invite it. I don't, I don't know why you do this to your to yourself. I don't know either. I at three in the morning last night, I had to wake myself up out of a dream because 
it was like when back when I was waiting tables, I used to have these dreams of like the tickets kept coming and I couldn't keep up. Yeah, I was I, I was having a nightmare last night of just is this still available? Is this item still available? Is this item still available? Like and and it was just like a total anxiety. Dream. I had to wake myself up, walk around the house a couple of times and then settle myself down and go back to sleep. What I'm glad I didn't do when I was up walking around was check my phone because this morning I woke up to several more messages. So now I just got to figure out what the right thing to do is. So I put something on this morning. I put a crock pot on this morning and I put it in. It, it probably probably would have gone really quick. It would have been a nightmare scenario if I put it for like $5. I put it for 10 and I only got eight or nine messages. And even See? that felt like a lot. That's what I'm saying. You have to price things appropriately. Learn the marketplace, Ralph. It is money. Get as much as you can for the item. Take Get the maximum amount of money that'll get it sold quickly. I made like 600 bucks so far. When, um, when you but, probably could have made 12. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm 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 not gonna shame you anymore about this. Um, <laughs> I, I am. Um, so the next thing up, Tiger Wool, Tiger Wool, he got in a car accident, and when I first heard the story yesterday, my heart immediately sunk because I was like, "Yo, like, what if Tiger dies?" You know what I mean, like. And then there was such a long time in between updates and in between when we first heard about it and the press conference, like we're, we're talking about like six hours, maybe even more. He was in surgery, all of that. Then he doesn't, his camp doesn't even put out an update till nine 30. So we're sitting there in the dark. I mean, we don't know if tiger's got legs. We, we just know that it's went from, uh, moderate to critical to non-life threatening then like okay cool at least he'll be a, be alive to find out his legs are shattered well one of his legs is shattered at the ankle broken through the skin with the fractures like this was a pretty bad deal but something that provided he doesn't have infections he will be able to work through even though the wounds are still open at this point and all this and he's probably going to need multiple surgeries but the part that you found interesting, though, was how we cover it, because there was an interesting tweet that came out from KFC Barstool that initially sent people just absolutely crazy at first. Here is what he said. He's one of the guys who is on Barstool. Every time I see it, it makes me think Kentucky Fried Chicken Barstool. But that's probably more appropriate because he's always sending out dumb stuff. He said, Hoax City, Population 1, Tiger Woods. Then added on that tweet, Hoax City, Population 2, Tiger Woods and the L.A. Sheriff's Department. <clears throat> and what he was trying to say was that, remember that we've ha heard of other athletes getting in accidents, breaking their legs, all of this stuff. And he was like, oh, this, is, this will be a hoax just like the other ones. Then it turns out he was wrong. He deletes the tweet which is not typically Barstool style, but he deleted the tweet. And then you had a bunch of people assuming, oh, Tiger Woods, who's probably on, he's probably falling off the wagon. He's back on prescription pills, whatever. And I'm like, no, it was seven in the morning. He was on the way to the golf course. Then we find out he was going to go play with Drew Brees and Justin Herbert. He protects his image. 
Like, there's no way that he was showing up high. Even if, even if he were doing that again, like, there's no way he was showing up to go film something with them high. I do not believe that. So I think that he just lost control and it was a bad accident. Yeah, I mean, and that that's the whole thing. And I think, um, you know, there there's some other people out there, like you said, Bomani Jones had said, like, hey, we, we might know because T- Tiger Woods has won. He's wrecked a car before to yep. where we didn't find out what actually happened until <clears throat> much later um, in his uh, um, was like Thanksgiving incident with with his wife. Uh, and then he's also um, in the recent past uh, been been pulled over um, with, with, with a few different substances in his body and, and had to go through the, the DUI rigmarole and everything like that. And so I understand people wanting to speculate, but Bomani Jones point was we don't actually know anything. Yeah. So and every stop bit to be first. Yeah. And every bit of anything that anyone says is just an assumption. It's only risk. I like that. I like that Bomani put it that way. There is no benefit, no points that you get for being right. You can only risk your reputation on this. That's it. Uh, and so, I mean, I think that that's the, the thing that stood out to me is, is just watching and waiting to see if the people who exist in this same space as us, George, are exercising good sense and discipline. And I know that I know that there's always going to be some example of somebody doing the wrong thing. Uh, but for Kevin Clancy to come out and, and, you know, he's got a laundry list of, of bad takes or whatever. Um, this felt like more than that, but for him to immediately call it a hoax, um, you know, that it, it was just, it, that he, he, he got the focus of a lot of people's anxiety because when things happen that are outside of your control and they make you upset and you just want to be able to control something. The only thing that a lot of people control is their response to these people who put dumb stuff on Twitter. So every time somebody has a really bad take or something like that, you'll see that a lot of people who are experiencing emotions, they're afraid for Tiger, they're anxious, they want more news. Um, they'll take all of that anxiety and frustration and angst and they'll throw it at the person who's, who gives the terrible take. And, well, and he absorbed a lot of heat yesterday. Well, I, I think that especially with social media, that there is a tendency for people to want to be the first to react. Like, like, oh, like I have this cool thought. Let me let me share it. Right. And there's a place for that because that's what social media is literally built upon, like the best reaction or the best or what what people think is the most polarizing reaction or take on a subject, whether it's a video or whether it's an actual tweet, like meme, whatever it is, like that those are the ones that get pushed to the top. And so like there is value in that. But the idea, well, and it seems like the people who are glorified are the people that end up first, right? But is being first worth risking your career right like let's go back a few a few months when president trump got coronavirus shams broke the story like shams did who's the basketball i mean and kevin durant was like yo he's the most plugged in dude that you've ever seen like he knows everything yeah, he ruined the all-star selection show. Yes, yesterday. he did it yesterday. I was like, I, I tweeted about it. So TNT was doing a, a announcement show, like partner with the NBA announcement show. 
15 minutes before the show, Shams tweeted out the all-star rosters. I was like, yo, you're a savage, bro. Like, I mean, that is as savage as it possibly gets. But you know what that means? That ups Shams' value. Because now, if you're TNT, you either got to gotta pay Shams hush money by hiring Shams. Like, he's the yeah. guy. So, if you yeah, don't you want your that, stuff that, leaked, you better hire Shams. That's how Woj, Woj ended up on, uh, on ESPN instead of Yahoo, right? Because he was beating ESPN to the punch every single time. Um, it's it, – yeah. And so, it, there are people who, who – have the ability to be first and also respect the process. And those people be, they build up that uh, credibility over time and then people feed them things. And so that's why you'll see people like um, you'll see people like Yashar Ali on Twitter, breaking news uh, before anybody else, because p- people think that they can depend on somebody like that who can get a story out there, but also be uh, accurate with it. That's why all the coaches go through two or three different channels for all coaching update news. You know, you would figure that other people would be able to break that since it's countrywide, but some people have just kind of cornered the market on it. When it comes to stuff like this, it's not just if you have information, it's what your reaction is to it. And if you're a take artist, if you believe that your value on social media comes from your ability to have a certain take on a situation, which is even, I mean, if we're being honest, right or wrong is a little bit built out of that, of the idea that you have built yourself up and this show up as a trusted opinionist, which is, that was a word that I heard you use before I ever heard anybody else use it. Right. But you don't always have, you, you might need to say something because that's the lane that you've carved out within the eco sphere of, of sports and social media but it doesn't mean that you have to forget the humanity of the situation in order to do it and it seems like we have a lot of people who who do that and also one thing that we have need at some point to learn as a people is that the information that comes out in the beginning doesn't always tell the whole story i saw people tweeting all day yesterday about how the la sheriff's department said they had to use the jaws of life and, and they then the did LA actually say that but then they, they came back they and said that they used the axe and you know a, a crowbar or whatever the hell it was right and so i i don't know man i i don't know it, it this felt better to me than than some things in the past and and some of it was outcome dependent tiger seems like he's going to be um okay <laughs> but yeah but I, it just immediately made me flash back especially like abc7 um the la station they had that helicopter footage where they're just like consistently showing pictures of tiger's man mangled car and it reminded me of like kobe and vanessa having to beg people not to show pictures of the helicopter crash and then having to get on the police for sharing photos and the whole princess die thing being caused by paparazzi. And then all the photos of the, the wreckage afterward, like, and I'm, I'm somebody who has experienced some, a pretty severe automobile accident. When I see that stuff on the timeline, like it, it shakes me up. It, it's, yeah. it's traumatic for a lot of people, but then a lot of other people are just rubberneckers. And so that creates the market for it. I don't like to see stuff like that on the timeline. You could tell me that somebody got in a car wreck and I'm going to believe you, right? Like I don't, yeah. I don't need to okay. see B-roll footage of it from ABC7. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy, honestly, I'm going to look at it because I wanted to formulate how this happened. You know what I mean? Like the 
hold up. Okay, I see where the car is facing the other way. I see the skid marks, like trying to formulate a reasonable explanation for this. So I get it. But the question is, do you think that this has taught us anything about how we cover celebrities and these accidents and even like how much Trump, I mean, not Trump, uh, Tiger Woods actually meant? I think that giving everybody a voice via social media to see how people react to the way that we cover these things in real time can really help shape the way that things get covered in the future. And, and so in that way, you know, everybody always says what's bad about social media. I do think it's good that if you get 10,000 people to tell you that what you said in the moment was distasteful instead of what used to happen was, you know, like with this Britney Spears documentary, we're revisiting all the untoward things that people said 15 years after the fact. But you can actually get those reactions in real time of people telling you, hey, this is a human being. Hey, we, we don't need to see this. Hey, we don't need to speculate in that way. And so in a way, you don't want public opinion to shape the way that you do the news based on the loudest people, the squeakiest wheels, the people who have the weakest stomachs. But you have to be able to trust that your audience in some way does understand what they'd like to consume. And that enough of them have a sense of decency that if everybody's pushing the same direction to tell you that what you did is wrong or stupid, or in Kevin Clancy's case, you end up deleting it because you realize how wrong and stupid it was, then the social media is actually doing some good and helping us shape more positive coverage. All right. Um, next thing up. I want everybody to stop crying about Devin Booker not making the all-star team. It is unfortunate, but everybody can't make it. It sucks. He plays in Phoenix. If he played in L.A., he would have probably made the team. Granted, some of that is beyond his, his control, where he got drafted. All of the, I'm not begrudging the dude because he's a baller. But I'm like, the people who made the team were obviously, um, who, was, who, was, who was starting? Luka, LeBron, Steph. Yeah, Luca, LeBron, Steph. Who else in the in in the West? Uh, was was Davis named a starter? I know no. he might not play. Okay. No, no, no. Anthony Davis was not named a starter. Let me pull up Sham's tweets. Okay, so I had it from last from from last night. So you got uh, in the Western Conference. You have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. So, and the only issue there was whether Luka should have been starting over Damian Lillard. So we can, can we agree on that? That Devin Booker should not have been a starter? Uh, I mean, it's based on Sambo, right? Yes. Yes, it's based based on on Sambo. So that's something that Phoenix as a community has to eat. That's on us. Okay, but he's not one of the five best players in the West. Like, stop. Okay. The He's the best player on the fourth best team. Okay. But but is he the best player on the fourth best best team? And that's so that question. so that leads me to this is that the Western Conference coaches voted on the players on the reserve team. I think they have to have three players in the front court two more in the back court and then uh two kind of at large people right they went with anthony davis can you debate that no no rudy gobert 
you can't d- debate that because he's a front court guy. So and they're you can't the, deb- they're they got the best record in if yeah. not the NBA, the West, right? Yep. Um, Zion Williamson, debatable. Well, but he takes one of the front court spots, so he can't. So Devin Booker's not even eligible for either one of those three three spots. Okay. Okay. Then you have Donovan Mitchell. Should he be in over Donovan Mitchell? Yes. The the yes. best player on the best team in the West. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> should should he be in over Damian Lillard? Yes. Oh, shut up, Ralph! Stop, stop it. Da- Damian Lillard. No timeout. Damian Lillard is playing without C.J. McCollum. He's playing without Nurkic, and he's playing without Zach Collins. And his team is still clearly in the thick of things. He's been carrying the team for years. Devin Booker couldn't even make the playoffs until Chris Paul showed up. So, like, let's not act. If you look at a guy who can carry a franchise and everybody around the league is like, yo, yeah, even Luca's like, Dame should be starting. So, I'm, I cannot honor that comment. That is a Phoenix Homer unrealistic thing ralph you are 100 over damian lillard are you nuts i'll say this damian lillard i'm never gonna say anything negative about damian lillard he as i say something negative about damian lillard he surrendered his spot last year to devin booker so book owes him one phoenix owes him one the last game phoenix played and I get that Lillard was coming off an absolutely historical hot streak heading into that game. Devin Booker made the entire team look silly, and they blew the Trailblazers out by 30. By 30. Guess how many points Booker had in that game? More than 30. Who Who is a better player? Devin Booker or Damian Lillard? And, and would, mind you, da, da, huh? Who? I would rather have... Devin Booker than Damian Lillard. Oh, so that means you don't want to go to the playoffs. Okay, cool. That's fine. Um, okay, and then Paul Paul George. Who would you take, Devin Booker or Paul George? Devin Booker. I'm talking about this season just for what – Paul George is having a career season. I'm not a huge Paul George basketball fan. I think he's a good guy off the court. have met him a few times. But not a huge fan of his basketball game, particularly when it gets to clutch moments and playoff moments. But – like you can't say that Paul George is not having a better season than Devin Booker, and then consider Devin Booker missed games too, and and yes, Paul George has missed games too. All right, let's back up. Let's back up because we're trying to establish the premise that I think it's a bad thing that Devin Booker has 8,300 career points by age 24 and has never been selected to an all-star game outside of a one-time injury replacement. Cry me a Mike Conley river. I'm not the one crying. Your boy LeBron is. I'm not the one crying. Reggie Miller is. I'm not the one crying. It's the entire NBA community. It has nothing to do with me. I love it. Dwayne Wade voice. I love it. I love it. But Devin Booker's in the same spot that Damian Lillard was in two years ago. And I love it. I love it. I love that that's going to be part of his legacy because LeBron knows. Kobe knew. Everybody knows. Dwayne Wade knows. Everybody knows what Devin Booker is. Yes. Everybody knows what Devin Booker is going to be. And it's starting to happen. 
they're 20 and 10. The one player that you asked me about whether or not Devin Booker belongs in the all-star game over him or not is the most interesting debate. And that's his teammate, Chris Paul. Yeah. Does Devin Booker belong in the all-star game above Chris Paul? No. Why? Because Devin Booker has proven he can't take the team to the playoffs. You bring in Chris Paul, magic happens. Chris Paul is putting up good numbers. He is the difference between same way as he was with Oklahoma City Thunder, same way he was with the Houston Rockets, with James Harden, as them potentially beating the Golden State Warriors until he got hurt, even though I don't think it was going to happen. But still, we can we can surmise it. And Phoenix is instantly better. And th- this is a team I don't. I watched them when they play good teams because they're they're just now starting to become interesting enough to watch on TV all by themselves. But you watch every single second probably of every single game. So who is the most important player on the Phoenix team? Chris Paul. Okay, Chris so then Paul. he should be in the All-Star game, right? I don't, I don't disagree. But then you also have to take a look. I think it's important to look at don't like don't you think the stuff that these people say should be taken into consideration in some way like let's just look at Chris Paul's comment when he asked about De- when he was asked about Devin Booker not making the All-Star game he said book is going to be fine i came here because of book you know what i mean don't make any mistake about that i came to phoenix because of book that's chris paul like yeah. and, and obviously Chris Paul has made a world of difference. The Suns did and the bubble run eight and zero. I know that you don't care about that, but the Suns are twenty eight and ten in their last thirty eight, and so Chris Paul helped it become a continuation. The truth of the matter is, the issue wasn't Devin Booker couldn't carry the team. The issue was Devin Booker was in his very early twenties trying to play point guard. When they brought in Rubio last year, they got better. When they brought the point guard in, they got good, and so. I don't know, man. I, I I look at it and I say, uh, the the Bulls weren't the Bulls when Michael Jordan was twenty four. It's not a comparison yeah. between Booker See, and Michael Jordan, but you would have, everybody would have said it would it, it would have been insane to leave yeah. somebody like that off of an All Star team. Okay, but he's at not that Michael age. Jordan. Like I and and part and part of it. Don't is tell this. me. Tell LeBron. Part of part of part of this. I got is King that, James on my side here. No, is that he's right that Devin Booker is wildly disrespected. I totally agree with it. I totally agree with LeBron. But who's crying though? Is it me or is it LeBron? It's you. And <laughs> Devin Booker is um is <laughs> disrespected. But do I believe that Don, that he's better than Donovan Mitchell? One hundred there is no question that I believe he's better than Donovan Mitchell. Thank you. It is going to be hard, though, when they have the best record in in the Western Conference. It's going to be hard to take the best player off the team, and he's not in the Western Conference. I mean, sorry, and he's not um, in the All-Star game. And mind you, Donovan Mitchell is in a very similar situation as uh, Devin Booker is now, and Damian Lillard was in two or three years ago which you had, they weren't as popular and didn't play in big markets. And they were on some fringe teams. But then Donovan Mitchell put up some phenomenal performances in the playoffs, and that sticks in people's minds. 
Like, yeah. I don't believe Donovan Mitchell's good enough to win a uh, championship with, but he's kind of starting to change that conversation about him. But the thing that I thought was actually interesting about this whole NBA All-Star snubs and all of that, I looked at the health of the league. I thought it, I thought that this was a positive sign for the health of the NBA. Is yeah, that I agree. If, if you have Donovan Mitchell... Uh, I'm sorry, if you have Devin Booker, DeMar DeRozan, Mike Conley, De'Aaron Fox, Brandon Ingram, Trey Young, Bam Adebayo, Chris Middleton, Gordon Hayward, and Tobias Harris, and Fred Van Fleet, and Sabonis, all having legitimate gripes about not being in the All-Star game. Remember a few years ago when you could make two legitimate uh, starting teams out of the West that would beat the teams in, in the East and where you had Lowry started other, I mean, like, Oh God, uh, here goes Toronto people. Yes. Lowry, Lowry would not be a six time all-star in the Western conference. No. And that's the tough thing about the West. Um, and it's been that way for a really long time. You, Mike Bibby never made an all-star team. Yeah. Never. Mike Conley has never made an all-star team. And now you look at the Eastern Conference, and it's the Eastern Conference looks tough now, too, now that Harden and KD are over there. Now you have this balance. So I'm saying that that looks good for the health of the league when yeah. everybody is, you know, when the, when the teams are balanced and you actually have this many people from both conferences who have legitimate cases to make the all-star team. Yeah, I guess my what, my prime my only issue, and I don't think that this is crying. I think it's just a matter of looking at the facts. Is that Devin Booker owns the Mavericks, and I know that you can't control who the starter is, and that's really on Phoenix fans and the Phoenix brand and the ten years of losing for not being able to get Devin Booker in as an All Star starter over somebody like Luca. Um, the Suns, for the most part, beat up on the Pelicans all the time. Yeah. And so and and then you have the positional issue of Zion versus Devin Booker. And I really don't think Zion's at that point yet. He's going to be there forever. Um, But I I don't really think that he's at that point yet. Uh, The Suns went head to head with the Jazz once this year. Guess who won that game? The Suns. Uh, The Suns went head to head um, with the Clippers. And, you know, Devin Booker and Paul George had that little beef. But what I remember is the bubble and Devin Booker hitting that shot in Paul George's face, you know, and that sticks out (laughs) in my mind. And then you look at the fact that, like, you know, yeah, I don't, I don't think he belongs in over somebody like Jamal Murray. The the, the Nuggets have been, you know, I, I think the Suns are one and one against them this year with Devin Booker on the court. But they just got done playing the Blazers, and again, I can't say anything bad about Damian Lillard, but Devin Booker had thirty four points in a game that they won by thirty on twelve of seventeen shooting. He proved it. He proved and and I don't know, man. I would. I believe LeBron, I believe Kobe, I believe Dwayne Wade when they say that Devin Booker is next, when they say that he's the truth, and if the NBA doesn't want to have him be selected into the All-Star game in his first six seasons, I just think that that's going to make his story that much better. The thing I worry about as a Suns fan is if he starts to put the blame on the city of Phoenix and 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 then ends up somewhere else. That's the thing I don't want to see. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Yeah, I, I can see that. Um, the next thing up is the theme for CPAC, which is the Conservative Political Action Conference, is America Uncanceled. 
So we got two questions. Is that a good thing being that they just canceled somebody? And the second thing is, is should Trump be speaking there? So where, which part okay. do you want to start with? Well, uh, we, we, first we got to establish CPAC is bad, right? Are you agree with me there? CPAC is, is dumb. Okay, here it here it is. This is the fiftieth, approaching the fiftieth birthday for CPAC. It's a project of the American Conservative Union, one of the oldest right wing lobby groups, and it's designed to bring together conservatives from all over the country to exchange ideas and forge useful relationships. Um, yeah, and it's I function today is to galvanize the movements. Uh, disparate groups and their shared ideas. Okay. Okay. I get it. What I don't like is people making politics their personality. And somebody could easily come back on me and say about like, oh, what about Comic-Con or any other convention that celebrates something that you're interested in? And to that, I would say, yeah, I guess, I guess you're right about that. But I'm personally uncomfortable with people making politics an idol or a personality, any, any giant conference to pat yourself on the back for just believing a thing or thinking a thing seems very much like those giant conferences that they have for um, uh, what's the MLM, the big one that uh, like is the, the, they have like the primary sponsorship for the Orlando magic arena. Oh, Amway. Uh, Amway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like those Amway, like where, where you, we just got to get together and make sure everybody's energized about our stuff because we've been taking some L's in the media. So we got to give people a reason to get excited. Like no. that's what CPAC feels like to me. Yeah, but yeah, but everybody has these. You, 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 you have right. conventions for computers. You have Magic, which is conventions for, and there's actually a lot of business that's done at Magic. That's where you place your orders for the next few, the entire next year. You see what's com coming out. Right. I mean, I know, and I, you're right. Hacker I'm conventions. I'm absolutely I, on YouTube. I'm obsessed with watching the uh, Halloween animatronic conventions, like where they come up with like the new stuff that you're going to see in Spirit Halloween Store. Yeah. I, like the, I, I actually watch videos of people who go to those conferences and preview the the stuff. Uh, that's going to be Ooh, at these I things. I learn more weird stuff about you every week. This one's not on me. This is my kids. My kids love Halloween so much that they ended up falling into this rabbit hole of like, what are the latest animatronics? And then they're watching these videos and it got me hooked because, and then we actually looked like, what does it take to actually go to one of these? You have to be a licensed vendor. And so, and so it was like something that my wife and I even talked about. I was like, how would you trick some people into believing that you're going to bulk buy this stuff just so that you could go and see what it in person. What are you talking about? People snuck in the White House. It's easy. I, I can yeah, show you how to right. do it. You're right. You're right. Uh, but you're talking to the guy who doesn't know how to use Facebook Marketplace. So just slow down a little bit. I don't know how to use um, Facebook Marketplace either. So, <laughs> but, but, but you but can I, criticize but I do, me. But I do know how to place orders at Magic and get in conventions yeah. and things. We are members of the press, Ralph. It is easy. You can go cover right. it too. I understand. I understand. You're you're absolutely right. You're right about a lot of stuff, except for Devin Booker. But I, I will say this: CPAC is an issue to me because conservatism as a movement is fairly anti 
government. It just feels to me like it's the anti-convention convention. And it's like, oh, you're missing the point of like even having this convention makes it seem like you're excited about it. But I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. And I get it. And I get that there's arguments against what I'm trying to say here. But the slogan is dumb. America Uncanceled is dumb because it applies that in some way, shape or form, the loud voices on the left that seek to um, take away people's platforms because people say things that they might not necessarily agree with or that sometimes are outright completely harmful and hurtful, uh, that we need to come out and we need to have a whole convention built on the idea that we are persecuted. Okay, Persecution complexes make me want to punch people in the face. I will persecute you for feeling persecuted. Uh, okay. And now that I'm on board with the, the persecution com complex. I think that that's crazy, but here we've talked about this and I just want to bring it up again because we've talked about conservatism and the idea of saying I am conservative versus I am a conservative. And the idea of saying I am a conservative, it has gotten hijacked by right wing extremists to as cover for being an asshole. Like because Mitt, Mitt Romney is conservative. Liz Cheney would be considered conservative. There are other Republican leaders that would be considered conservative. I would consider myself and have conservative values and you would, too. Right. But there's a difference, but we would never say I am a conservative because it's been hijacked to be, like you. You have everybody from freaking KKK members to Charlie Kirk to to, uh, you know, to Donald Trump, to all to wherever talking about QAnon people. I'm a conservative. Yeah, like, yeah, it's it, so the, many varying ranges that it's been hijacked from what the word actually means. Right. There's some weirdos in the tent. There's absolutely some weirdos in the tent, but I don't want to demonize anybody for what they call themselves. I'm just always weirded out by the fact that conservatism means to me like, hey, leave me alone, please. And getting up on a pedestal and shouting, hey, everybody come over here so I can talk to you about how I want to be left alone. That's always been bizarre to me. Building an empire over like, hey, look at me. I just want to be left alone. Okay, or, so what I do you think legislate. about the slogan? I think it's silly. America think, un uncanceled. I, I think it's silly, and I think that they set themselves up to get laughed at because what happened? No, you, you uh, tell because they actually canceled somebody. Yeah. They, they actually they, canceled. What's his, what, what's his name? They canceled a black dude. Young Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Young Pharaoh, they had so they 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 have wanted, especially CPAC, especially a lot of these movements. They want to make sure that they get the the mixed bag up there, right? They want people like Candace Owens out there. They want Pastor Mark Burns or whatever his name is. They they want to they want to put a black face on the conservative movement because for so long they've been accused of being uh, exclusionary um, toward black people and black culture. Um, but it, the, the, but the ticket for admission has typically been, you conform to what our values are, and then we'll put you at the forefront. So it's not necessarily a welcoming of other ideas and cultures. It's more of, if you conform, we'll, we'll put you out there so that 
it very much looks like we're accepting of of everybody but it does it does fly in the face of that narrative that just like conservatives don't like people of of color they'll like anybody as long as you agree with them so young pharaoh was supposed to speak there it was everywhere after i after you told me about this read his tweets ralph here is the thing that got young pharaoh canceled at the can't America uncanceled conference. How do you get canceled at an uncanceled conference? I just, I just want to say, please, nobody, please, 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 (laughs) nobody cut just this clip. (laughs) You've encouraged people to just cut this clip. I'm quoting somebody else. I'm reading a quote. I'm reading somebody else's tweet. I'm begging you guys, please don't do this. Don't do this to me because it will literally be the end of my life. All right. Facebook marketplace have been tough enough on me. I don't. I'm reading somebody else's social media post right now. Young, oh God, there we go. Young Pharaoh once tweeted out in all caps. There is no historical or scientific evidence proving the existence of Jews or Judaism. It's all a complete lie, completely made up for political gain. So that's that's one of that's where I'm going to stop because that's at that I don't know if it can get much worse than Jews aren't real. Oh, you you have to read one of the other ones, Ralph. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, let's see what we can find here. Uh, ben Jacobs d- did a pretty good job of uh, of of reporting on this. Um, <laughs> Okay, here we go. This is this is Young Pharaoh's response to being canceled from the CPAC conference. Send me your best rabbi to debate me on anything I've said. If not, kindly refrain from speaking to me. <laughs> Send dude, me your best rabbi. Dude, this uh, dude is absolutely out there. But but my my issue with it though is I mean, this dude also said that COVID testing is a gateway to artificial intelligence and transhumanism. Live stream lecture going down uh, on Sunday. And I'm just like, (laughs) yo, who? Okay, so I I get that he's out there. But did he, but is what he said cancelable? Like, why did he get canceled at the America Uncanceled conference at the cpac if it's america uncanceled how can you cancel a man that you were gonna have speak because you didn't like what he said yeah so they kind of they they kind of proved the issue here is that some people should not be given a platform because their ideas are a hateful and two promote prejudice like you it's that simple. You don't give the microphone to the crazy person. You don't. I was in a <laughs> I was in a church service one time, uh, and it was a, it was a charismatic church, right? I was I was a volunteer there um, with a, a youth group, and I <laughs> and I was, uh, I was I was sitting in the back of the room listening to this sermon, and it met in uh, in like a theater. Uh, they were renting out a theater for their church services. And this church was a, was a charismatic church and they believe in the principle of like speaking in tongues. Um, but so long as uh, it's, it's, it's translatable 
to the congregation. So like some people will say like they profess that they have the gift of tongues and they'd speak in a language that nobody understands. And then somebody else would come along and say, this is what this means. Right. So for anybody who's not part of a church community, that might sound completely insane. Just it is what it is. Right. So I was at a, a service one time where, where somebody said like, does anybody have anything to profess? And, um, uh, a woman took the microphone and she spoke in a, in a language that nobody understands. And, uh, and then the pastor asked, does anybody have a translation? I kid you not. Somebody took the microphone and said, the, the devil can't go left. Like they said, like a basket, like they made a basketball analogy. They yeah. said that the woman was saying that the devil doesn't have a left hand. You got to force him right. He can't dribble left. You can't let him get to the basket on you. Somebody took the mic in church and they said, <laughs> the devil doesn't have a left hand. Yeah. You have See, to force you him right. You can't give the mic to everybody. I was just like, what? Like they, that, and, and the pastor was like, I'm so sorry. This person's never been in here. And come to find out it was somebody from the local college who was part of like an improv troupe. Who yeah. thought it would be funny to play a prank? Oh, see, that's at, not at a charismatic church, right? But he's like, "This is my fault. I didn't recognize the person. I should have shown some discernment here." And I'm in the back of the church, like trying not to, like I don't know what to do. I was trying not to cry, laughing. Yeah. Um, but it's just that's the lesson. Is like, okay, you you don't know that person. You don't give them a platform because once you give them a platform, they could say anything. And it's really easy to find out what somebody has tweeted or posted on social media or what they've done in the past. The fact that he was even part of the young pharaoh was even part of the um, the process uh, in the first place is wild. It just means that they didn't vet them, and that puts them in a position where they have to take their own slogan and go against it oh, by denying somebody a here, platform. Here is their uh, Twitter release. We have just learned that someone we invited to CPAC has expressed reprehensible views that have no home with our conference or our organization. The individual will not be participating at our conference. Oh, oh, really? At the Uncancel America conference. Okay. And then they went on to post today a president of a picture of Donald Trump. With that he's going to speak. And they said they tried to cancel our views and our values. Now our voices. The time for silence is over. Who uh, President Trump, who will help us uncancel America and stop socialism. So should he even be speaking, being that he's been impeached twice? You even had Republicans saying he is guilty of, of inciting the insurrection on January 6th. But he's not in office, so we can't fully impeach him. That's the only reason I'm voting that that way. Should he be speaking at CPAC? And my answer is the same as Liz Cheney when they asked her about it when Kevin, her and Kevin McCarthy were at a press conference and they asked them about it. Congressman Cheney, uh, that's up to CPAC. I've, I've been clear in my views about uh, President Trump and, and the extent to which, following, the extent to which following January 6th, uh, uh, I don't, I don't believe that he should be playing a role in the future of the party or the country. On that high note, <laughs> <laughs> ye
I just don't understand like why if I'm a Republican and I'm a Republican leader, I want to distance myself from far as Trump as possible, because there are a lot of people who thought that he was going to be the uh, savior who bought into QAnon. I've talked to three people in the last week who are out on QAnon now because they're like, none of the stuff came, came true. I was fall, I fell for this. So the people that were riled up, if he doesn't have Twitter, he can't hurt you. So why do I, I just don't understand why they are considered uh, consistently pandering this way when it's going to create such a divide within the party because it's like because they also say it's the party of Trump. Your your lady from Arizona said that it's the party of Trump, and it's like mm -hmm. when did a party become a person? It technically it shouldn't ever. It shouldn't it a a, a party should always outlive its members it shouldn't be dependent upon anyone um let me get inside the mind of somebody who would say that this is a good idea um especially when you you have a conference titled uncancel uh america there is a belief that in reckoning with a lot of the growing the sins and the growing pains in the short history of america a very young country there, there has been a, a, a reckoning that says we have to deal with and talk about a lot of these things that has been received by a lot of other people as a dismissal of patriotism and a rejection of a love for America. It's a really complicated issue. We can get into it for an hour or two, but that's their mindset. Donald Trump came along and he really pushed the idea that you don't need to feel guilty for loving America. People are pushing back against the idea that they need to feel shame uh, over anything because in the era of social media, shame has been weaponized. So you have a shameless person who is unable to really, no matter what he says or does, no matter how crazy it is, who they call him Teflon Don. He's able to deflect all of this stuff. And it becomes a rallying cry for conservatism to say, we don't need to feel guilty about the fact that we love America. Now, there's an imbalance there of like, hey, we're not going to deal with the reckoning that, that maybe this country deserves in all of these different areas in the first place. But first and foremost, we're not going to be shamed into saying we're not proud to be Americans. And they believe that that's what Donald Trump stood for, right or wrong. They believed that. And he galvanized the conservative movement to the point where they received 10 million more votes within the popular vote than they've ever received before. And so for CPAC to say, we want conservatism to thrive, but we want to reject the new energy that was put into this party by Donald Trump and the people who follow him would be a mistake. And now CPAC and conservatives – as a whole, have to walk this tightrope of not being able to reject Trump without disassembling the party altogether and making sure that a Republican never gets elected to are the executive warm. branch ever again. If you're lukewarm, what happens? People aren't God, George. Yeah, people but aren't people, God. People genuinely reject the lukewarmness. 
Like oh, overall, because the Republican Party is splitting. Like you, you have to choose a side within the Republican Party, which is then going to create a problem during election season when you're supposed to be out campaigning and they're hating on each other. Like that's going to create a problem. And it can happen on every side. There's a yeah, lot no, of people. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. There's with a that. lot of people who were Bernie fans who ended up voting for Trump because they didn't like the way the party was fracturing over Bernie, Bernie and Hillary. Correct. The idea of a democratic socialist and a neoliberal, like that's. That's already a thing. And that affected and so, the election last time. Yeah. Yeah. So it did. that will affect the future elections unless they fix the issue. Um, but now we're on to our the favorite part of the show, I guess, the social media wrap up. Uh the best of social media from the last, you know, from the last time that you saw us. Uh, I will put links to all of these things in the descriptions and uh whether you're watching on YouTube. Um, or watching where else you watch, <laughs> I mean, or listening anywhere where podcasts are found, you can click on the links and see all the things that if you're watching the video, people won't normally get to see. So the first thing up is there was a statue. What was a statue unveiled? And this is of Brady Hoke, <laughs> former Michigan head coach, former, um, Oregon defensive coordinator. Brady Hoke's been around the world in terms of college football coaches, but there was a bust that was a Roman bust or a bust of somebody. And they said it looked like Brady Hoke. How it much was do like you a, think? A Roman emperor and, and it was Spencer Hall, um, Spencer Hall on Twitter, uh, who said that this was Brady Hoke. And now I can't unsee it. Yeah. So what percentage do you think that looks like Brady Hoke? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't see. I see like a Brady Hoke coach Orgeron hybrid. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Um, next. Coach thing. O had Brady Hoke skin tone. <laughs> Dude, I do not believe that. Uh, well, actually, I'm not even going to say what because I, I try to be nice. Um, we, we used to have a running joke about Brady, Brady Hoke, that he smells like hot dog water, but that's that's rude. So I, I But do, he looks like he smells like hot dog yes, water. Yes, he looks like he smells like hot dog water. Because it's it's when somebody actually smells like hot dog water and you point it out, that's not a joke. No, 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 Is no, it? no. <laughs> All right. And then the next thing up, we have a um so Godzilla versus um Godzilla versus who's that King Kong is coming Kong. out again. And here was the original trailer from the 1962 film. Oh, look. Scratches. <laughs> Ooh, look at that. <laughs> that looked like a bad baseball slide. Yeah, and here is the new trailer. From the new King Kong versus Godzilla. This is our only chance. We have to take it. We need Kong. The world needs him. Stop what's coming. And this child, she's the only one he'll communicate with. I knew 
that they had a bond. She had nowhere to go, so I made a promise to protect her. So you see the difference. We have come a long way as far as graphics, for sure. Are you interested in seeing King Kong versus Godzilla? I don't know. These movies have not been good. Like when I was a kid and we would watch some of those old ones, that was a lot of fun. But I I still remember the Matthew Broderick Godzilla. Uh, That movie sucked so much. It had an incredible soundtrack, though. Uh, some Ben Folds, some Foo Fighters, some Jamiroquai, uh, a little bit of Rage Against the Machine. That was a good-ass soundtrack. It was so good that I remember it more than the actual movie. But uh, even the King Kong with Jack Black, the Skull Island one, I don't know. The, this last one I couldn't really get into with uh, with our boy from Breaking Bad. Um, I don't know, man. I, I, I'll probably see it just because it's the, we've gotten to the point in the pandemic where like I need to be in a movie theater so bad. I just need to see something on the big screen. This looks big screen worthy. I might end up enjoying this movie 10 times more than I would have just because I've only been to one movie in the last 12 months. Dude, um, I have created a movie theater in my house. Essentially. I will. We, when, when you come over next week, I will invite you into the movie theater room. It well, it's, it's not a yeah, movie theater. But here's it, where it, you tell me, here's where you tell me, but my movie theater doesn't have buttered popcorn because of the processed ingredients. You have to eat salted kale chips at my house. No, no. I actually make my own popcorn in the, on, <laughs> on the stove and I, and I use real butter and I salt it with my, with my special. Himalayan. No, no, no. I actually use truffle sea salt. Dear God. Dude, dude, the, you're wait, the you're wait. the first person in history who's found a way to make watching a movie at your own house cost the same as going to the theater. <laughs> dude, dude, I use salt. Hey, and I have real truffles here too. So you're so you're in luck. I'm a, and uh, this is uh, you, you're gonna find out. That I'm selling all my stuff to move in with you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here's the next thing from from social media. This made me happy today. Just brighten my damn day. Dude, that Guitar Hero commercial with Tony Hawk. And I love that they put him in a, in a helmet because nobody would have recognized him if he didn't have a helmet on. A-Rod, uh, a who's one of the greatest baseball players of all time and one of my three favorite baseball players of all time. Uh, Kobe Bryant, who's one of my two favorite basketball players of all time. Um, and... Who who else? Oh, and Michael Phelps, my favorite swimmer of all time. Like, oh, they made this commercial just for you, man. Yeah, it, it was absolutely awesome. It brought back memories. Got a chance to see see Kobe on two twenty four twenty. It was awesome. Do you want to know what, uh, what the most expensive thing online is? Is Guitar Hero equipment used Guitar Hero equipment? I bought Guitar Hero and Rock Band for my kids. Because I have Rock Band in my garage still. 
Do you? Yes. I, I, it was on, so there was like it was like five bucks at a at a used bookstore. I bought both for my kids, and then I had to go out on the mission of finding all of the stuff for Rock Band and Guitar Hero. I, I'm o for fifty. I'm o for fifty. I used to have the when the first Rock Band came out. I had the expanded drum set that had the double okay. cymbals uh, up top. Like I paid for an expensive one. You know, I spent four hundred bucks on this just to be like, you ain't up on this. Like so, and that was when I was still still in the league. But now I, when we first moved into our house, one of the first things that we did as a family was play rock band. See, that's what, yeah. I, and you, the one thing that you you definitely have going on is a family video game time. Like everybody talks about like how terrible video games are for you and everything like that. Not in, in your family, like you're you're bringing everybody together. You got the. Yeah. It, didn't you, you hurt yourself the other day doing Dance Dance Revolution or something? <laughs> we were doing, uh, oh gosh, what's that? What's that? Just Dance 2021. Okay. And we've put it on social media. Our whole family will do it together. It's awesome time. Um, okay, here's another thing that happened on social media. Little boy getting his ears pierced. You prefer this one? It's not just the ears piercing, it's the reaction. I have no preference. All right, ready? One, two. All right, Papa, it's almost done, okay? We almost Good done. job, buddy. Good job, buddy. No, don't touch it. Good job, Good buddy. Good job. It hurt a little bit, but not too much, right? You good did job, that. Boy. Feel good, huh? So he wanted to be like his dad, get his ears yeah. pierced. He's a oh, man. little kid. This brought up some conversation in my house because okay. my son who just turned 15, he wants to get his ears pierced. Okay. I will not let him get his ears pierced. Really? He's like, dad, you have your ears pierced. I'm like, yeah, I do. He's like, okay, so I don't understand. I was like, because this is a grown up decision he was like dad i'm not getting a tattoo like why can't i get my ears pierced i want them pierced i was like son do you know when i got my ears pierced he was like no i was like i was 18 he was like oh what's the problem i was like i was in college my parents saw i had my ears pierced when i flew to meet them so to go see my grandfather when 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 he was dying, I showed up with earrings. They were like, "Oh, really?" But but my dad had his ears pierced. So what what were they gonna say? And so he wants to get his ears pierced. I'm like, "No, you're too young." What do you think? This video sway you a little bit, and this video gave no. me some massive warm and fuzzies, man. He just no, want to be like, "It, his it, dad. it did that, not sway me at all." That fist bump. You don't want to share that fist bump with your son? I want that fist bump. Should we I'm go do it go together? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should go with it. Because I actually need to something. re-pierce yeah. my uh, my ears. Huh. Yeah, I, I'm I, not like I'm not I'm not big into it. I'm a, like, and part of it's just not being able to relate to it. Like, I'm afraid I look like Harrison Ford with my ears pierced. Like, that's all anybody would stare at is the earring. They wouldn't be looking at my mouth. Yeah. Plus, my ears are big enough that I'm at, at risk of getting them pierced by a passing tree branch or something like that. <laughs> like. Uh, no, I love that video though. I love that video. That the 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 him wanting to be like his dad and his dad talking him through it, the fist bump, all that. I loved that video. I don't know if I would let my kids. My daughter doesn't have her her ears pierced. I don't know if she would want to. 
Um, I've never really been into like the piercings or tattoos. And then like, and, but my, my, my wife has a few tattoos and piercings. And then I remember once we were in high school, she's the, she's the first girl I ever dated. And then she broke up with me because I was lame. But like, I remember back then she got her tongue pierced to make fun of one of our other friends who was afraid to get his eyebrow pierced. She got her tongue pierced just to show him that it doesn't hurt and then took it out after that. Like yeah. she, but me, I'm afraid of stuff like that. I don't, I don't, I'm not needles, not tattoos, but like of a, of a piercing, I'm just afraid to get infected. And I don't know. See, I don't know, man. I, okay. So I don't have any tattoos, but, um, I, I don't have a problem with him. I dated a girl who was on the cover of inked like one time, like she was completely covered in tattoos, like color tattoos all over her body on the cover of ink. So you already know how that goes. Um, yeah, so I don't have a problem, problem with it. Um, yeah, so that, that is a consideration. Hopefully he's not standing outside the door right now. Uh, like, like Aaron. Oh, and oh like mine, when our your ice cream story got me in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last podcast, if you missed it, Ralph's uh, ice cream story got him absolutely pummeled by his wife, Erin. She uh, was texting me during the show. All right. Uh, final thing that we got up to today. Um, this. Ralph ha is jealous at this point in time right now, as was I. So, Nicole Auerbach, I saw this tweet. She said, proud AFC Richmond supporter here. Thanks at Tad Ted Lasso. She's got a mug. She's got some biscuits, a handwritten note, a jersey. And when I saw this, I was like, yo, I need that. I I tweeted at Nicole Arbach. I was like, yo, so jealous. Oh man. Yeah. And Ralph, weren't you or weren't you excited when you saw the tweet too? I thought that was one of the coolest things I've ever, I've ever seen. Uh, and I also was a little bit jealous and now I'm a lot jealous, uh, because it seems like some member of this podcast has a little bit more pull than me when it comes to Ted Lasso swag. Yeah. So, uh, so I responded to the tweet and then I got a D and I got a message that said re reply to that was like, yo, hit me in the DMs. So I hit him in the DMs. He was like, yo, I'm a huge fan of yours. Blah, blah, blah. I'm from Oregon. Big Man. Oregon fan. Love your work. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and um, I want to send you out one of these Ted Lasso swag bags. I was like, yes, for the win. But, and I called to tell Ralph, right? So, so here's where I screwed up. I called to tell Ralph. Ralph didn't pick up the phone. And instead of my brain immediately thinking, don't tell Ralph because he's going to be excited and jealous. Just show up. Just wait till it shows up because the guy lives in Studio City. So I could drive and meet him to get it. So I'll probably get it within two days. So on Friday, I could wear it on the podcast and just surprise him with it and just let him see it. Why didn't Man. I, why don't I have patience? But now come, the next time I will. How come the, the guy in charge of sending out that swag had to be an Oregon fan and he couldn't have been like somebody who also went to two semesters of a Northern Wyoming junior college? <laughs> <laughs> or why, is, why, why isn't he in the Josh Allen uh, 
a fan club for real for real i i'm i'm feeling i'm feeling like never have i felt worse about not being a former professional athlete than i do when it comes to not being able to get ted lasso swag i do have a question for you though because he's in charge of sending that stuff out to like keep people um in the loop on like their drive to try to get nominated for some awards should ted lasso be nominated for anything it's kind of a comedy um how how do you feel about that absolutely anything that is great enough to make you watch and make you like it's hard to make feel good stuff that great but the fact that they made feel good stuff this great is amazing yeah and i i mean there was some stuff because usually it's the darker stuff that wins awards or whatever the stuff that makes you uh, c- consider the, the the parts of humanity that maybe you hadn't considered before or see things in a new light. All this show did was bring joy. All this show did was make my life a little bit better. And I know that it's not on the same level because it's not the same topic, um, but it made me feel kind of like the West Wing, right? Like m- watching West Wing made me happy, um, even though they dealt with some heavy stuff. But Ted Lasso deals with heavy stuff divorce not being able to see your your kids um infidelity uh some some class issues some race issues there's that scene of uh, where he tries to gift that army man to the defender on his team and he's like i don't have the same affinity for the american military as you yeah um but that somehow even though they're dealing with heavy stuff the entire time they re uh, aging aging is part of that show. Like a, a, they managed to just make you feel so good. And not only it's such an incredible show. And I, I think it, it, you almost have to like create a, a different category for comedies or for just stuff that's wholesome because um, ah, I'm going to sound like such a, a, a prude or, or something like that, but I just don't, I, I'm not sure how this show would stack up against uh, the, the chess show that everybody. Um, oh, Queen, watched. Um, Queen's Gambit. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm, I'm not sure that if you threw uh, Jason Sudeikis's <laughs> performance up against hers, that he's going to be winning any awards. Listen, I don't think that necessarily. I think the show overall has its has its moments that are you know that are up there with any other show, and I don't think that just because it's not a that like because it's really a dramedy. It's a comedy, but yeah. it's got some dramatic elements to it so i'm a huge fan if only one if only one person from that show could win an award who would you give it to oh i would give it to the lead actor to jason sudeikis yeah okay i'm i'm on the keely train oh the owner yeah oh yes 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 i love her dude and and she's and there's like something like old lady sexy about her i don't know what it is like (laughs) nothing about her would be my typical type but i don't know whether it's the (laughs) accent whether she looks like old girl from um from uh was it late lady in the red dress i know no no not lady the um what's her what's her name the 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 rocky looking lady um talking about sharon stone no no with okay, the, i don't know with, what with the blonde about. hair she's tall um she plays a lot of russian characters oh she, she's old okay. now yeah, yeah yeah i know i know who you're talking about she was on the um the like mtv everybody in that she dated flavor flav yes her yes yeah, yeah, i know you're talking yeah, about yeah yeah her yeah i met when, her once in vegas I i'm talking about when but when she was young and hot not you know <laughs> okay not but, like old and cracked out 
Okay, for, so two things. One, you're forgetting that the one of the things is probably her bank account. Uh, she is the owner of a, of a pro team in that show. So I think there's a mon- money and power uh, level of attraction there. But I, I would put her up there. And then the, the, the girl who plays Keely, I just think um, that they definitely bring it. The whole thing is weird to me that you would be able to win an award for a show that was originally a skit to get people to watch yeah. soccer on NBC. Yep. But I mean, I'm glad they made this show because it is, I could not recommend, I, I told my dad about it. Me and my dad usually have really different tastes on, on anything on TV or movies. And that's like his favorite show. This is just, I, I, and people who don't even like soccer at all, absolutely love this show. And Aaron's on her third watch through of it. Um, it's great, man. Yeah. If they can find a way to get an award, I just don't know if you're going to be able to stack up against all these dramas, uh, against, uh, the, the, uh, what's that show on HBO that deals with young people. Um, euphoria. Oh my Lord. Yeah. yeah. It, that, that, that's the exact opposite of Ted Lasso. That makes you feel like absolute shit. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Uh, you guys, thank you guys for listening to right or wrong. I'm George Reister. He's Ralph Amsden. Make sure you share the podcast with a friend, tell a friend about it, and we will keep this thing pop a locking. Uh, peace out. Catch you guys on Friday.